From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. Welcome back. You came back for episode 26. Thank you for coming by. If this is your first time, thank you for taking a peek. Here at the Cannabis Podcast, we spend about a half an hour every episode looking at all kinds of different information about cannabis, and today is no exception. In fact, we have some really interesting information about cannabis this week. The cannabis information that you need to know if you are at all considering, and by this time, if you're considering it, you're probably doing it, and that is growing your own cannabis this year. We'll touch on a bizarre story that happened to a woman living in Revelstoke, British Columbia. Her name is Anna Minton, and she is going to be our feature interview today. And unfortunately, she became the first victim of our new cannabis cultivation laws. She hasn't actually been charged yet, but a conversation with Anna is coming up a little bit later. A real bizarre story going to make you shake your head. Now, to try and understand that story better, we're actually going to introduce the episode with a look at the B.C. government's info page about home grows and what are the details of that particular legislation we all need to pay attention to. And then we're going to take another stop on Cultivar Corner, this time for a CV-dominant strain called Great White Shark. And because of the terpene profile in that Great White Shark, Cultivar Corner this week is probably going to turn into a bit of an education session on a couple of new terpenes, Guayol and Bisabolol. All of that and more is coming up for you on episode 26 of the Cannabis Podcast. Before we dive into today's feature interview with Anna Minton from Revelstoke, I thought it was appropriate to give some context. And the context I want to provide is what the actual law states in the province of British Columbia in regards to growing cannabis at home. In the interview, I make reference to what was considered, before I looked it up, the idea that the only time you could be charged with having your plants visible from a public space is when they are a flowering cannabis plant. I could find nothing in the legislation, and I'm going to give you just one par- one or two paragraphs out of the actual legislation that confirms that. So that part of the interview, I want you to realize before you hear it, there is some question about whether that is accurate or not, or whether that is required. However, the gist of the interview is over the fact of what is considered a public place and when is it viable or when does it cross over that line between a private and public place. So I'm only going to give you a couple of uh, pieces from the cannabis legislation, and this is obtained from getcannabisclarity.ca. I put the link on the cannabis podcast so you can take a peek at it. And the first instance is where can non-medical cannabis plants be grown at home? And this is really the key paragraph. Subject to possible property owner and local government restrictions. Cannabis can be grown indoors or outdoors, including a yard, private deck, or balcony, as long as the plants are generally not visible from a public place. Examples of public places include parks, streets, sidewalks, sports fields, and K-12 school properties. If a neighbor can see cannabis plants from their home, deck, yard, or other private place, it is not a violation of the provincial law. And that's really the key statute that I want to confirm. I've also put a link to the actual Cannabis Act for BC back on CannabisPodcast.com. You can take a look at it yourself. And from that, I'm only going to read really one or two paragraphs that do not stipulate 
that the plant must be in flower. And that again is relation to where it can happen. And that is in section 56, paragraph G. The cannabis plant is not visible from a place described in paragraph A of the definition of public place, which we've already covered, by an individual unaided by any device other than a device to correct vision. So that means it just simply can be seen from a public place without a periscope or binoculars or whatever sneaky way they want to take a peek at it. That's the context that I think was important before we get into the interview, which covers the fact that a couple up in Revelstoke in this last week had a very unfortunate circumstance that involved the definition of a public place when seeing cannabis plants. I was infuriated this last week when I heard that story about the couple up in Revelstoke. They had put their garden on one of the local garden tours, as many communities do around our country. Something that they had been doing for a few years now. But they didn't realize the fact that a off-duty police officer was going to take the tour this year would change their life completely. Anna Minton is here. She's graciously agreed to my invitation for an interview, and she's going to tell us all about what happened to them as a result of that garden tour and the events that occurred afterwards. Give us the story, Anna. What? What? So you started growing your cannabis plants. Uh, when did you plant them? Uh, well, actually, a, a friend of ours dropped off three very sad, sickly plants, and um, being the gardener that I am, I was like, ooh, this is legal. This is fun. I'm going to throw them in my garden. <laughs> and so that's basically what we did. We threw these sad little plants in the garden and brought them back to life. Okay. And then, uh, so they were growing fine. I'm assuming they were they were starting yeah, to yeah, thrive. Yeah, they were quite healthy. Yeah, they were. You know, they weren't flowering anything, so we still weren't sure if they're male or female. But they were they were healthy. Um, and so every year, uh, our local food initiative, which is a not for profit that brings uh, food sustainability to the community, um, holds a fundraiser where uh, locals open up their garden and artists partake in, in showcasing their art within the gardens. And, uh, it's, yeah, people buy a map and they go around and check out how everyone grows their own food. It's more about food. It's not about as much flowers. So um, on that very special occasion, uh, we had a off-duty officer stop by and uh, according to their um, report, we were blatant in our violation of public display. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and we had no idea. We had no clue that that was, uh, you know, the case. I didn't. I definitely did not do my due diligence. I guess you could say of looking deep into the new bylaws, um, because the news did such a good job being like four plants per household. Like, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so from context, then, so you you got these plants given to you. You had already, I'm assuming, signed up to have your garden on this garden tour. Yeah. So that was well yes. in place before you actually brought the cannabis plants into your yard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We we partaken it. We've partaken in, in it a few years. We love opening up our garden for the community. Yeah, and a lot of communities do it. I think it's a great idea, a good way for people to explore their their own local community. But didn't turn out so well for you. No, 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 it didn't. <laughs> or the community, as as the RCMP officer put it, did shined a negative light on on the the local food initiative and our community and I was like I don't think we did that <laughs> you sure didn't I mean that is 
that's insane. And and, yeah. and I mean, I, I've been watching the the reaction on Twitter and various social media outlets since this happened to you, and and the outrage is is huge. It's huge, yeah. And of course, the the other stipulation is that this particular twist on the act, where they must not be visible in to a public space, is unique to British Columbia. And you were not aware of this beforehand. No. Yeah, it's a real twist. We got to we got to get in contact with our premier and figure out why the heck we have that kind of legislation. And and uh, the clarity of the words too is is a big play uh, on it. You know, a lot of people go, okay, well, a lot of plants grow, you know, taller than six feet, and most fences have to it can't be taller than six feet. So does that take everybody out now? <laughs> and what is what is the definition of public place like? Um, so yeah, the, the learning curves within within these new legislations are to be expected. Um, their use of resources and how they enforced it were completely, in, in my perspective, and, and now I'm seeing in many others across the nation, uh, are agreeing. It was ridiculous. It was a silly, silly reaction. Yeah. So so let's step people through exactly what happened. So the garden tour was happened. This undercover officer was there. What happened from that point? What was the next point you knew that something was wrong? We didn't realize anything was wrong until we got home from uh, a Friday night dinner. Um, all our lights were left on as we walked by our basement tenants. They're like, are you okay? And we're like, yeah, you know, totally clueless. But I was already like, oh, why is Meta tied up? That Meta's our dog. You know, like we left her inside the house. Like, that's weird. Why are all the lights on? That's weird, you know? like. And then we got into the house and the switch weren't sitting on a stool right in front of the door there. And we're like, what just happened? Holy. <laughs> you know, like, so then we, I came outside and, you know, the girls, the tenants that live downstairs were still there. And I was like, uh, what did we just miss? Like, and they're like, oh, we thought you knew. We're like, no, like, honestly, what just went down? And they're like, oh, there's, you know, five cops and three cruisers. And I was like, yeah, okay. So that, you know, the first, first night was basically shock. And then. The next couple of days were digestion and, and trying to understand, you know, what had happened. And and they took your plants, obviously. They ripped them out. Yeah, yeah. And, and any other peripheral damage to the place that occurred through the no, search? No, 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 they, they took the they took the three plants and, I mean, no, leaving the lights on. Oh, they, I guess they cut the lock and left, you know, our shed door open. Um, and I assume that they're not going to buy you a new lock for that. Oh, I, I would be really stoked with just an apology. A new lock would be great. Too. <laughs> yeah. Some new plants would be nice too. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but an apology definitely. Yeah, apology would be great. Have you been officially charged at this point? No, no, I am still in the limbo mode, and I've been informed that they have up to a year to make the decision, <laughs> so I can be sitting in limbo mode for a very long time. Um, so I'm not really, you know, this is actually quite frustrating. I'm not sure where to move forward with it. Everyone, you know, obviously not everyone, but many people have contacted me and encouraging me to go forward. You know, social media is stating a lot of the same stories. So yeah, it's, um, we'll see. What is your plan of attack at this point? You're just going to kind of sit back and, and live life normally and not worry about it until something else comes up? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not really sure where to go with it at this point. It's kind of a, a total limbo. I'd like clarity. I'd like finalization. Um, and so I may press forward just even to get that. But um, it's not really something that I want to to do. It's, going to court doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> going against RCMP doesn't sound like fun. 
Um, you know, it's, everyone's like, oh, they wasted taxpayer dollars. I'm like, yeah, well, if I go to court and try to deal with this, that's also wasting taxpayer dollars. So I don't know. And your you dollars, know, too. And my dollars and my time. So, yeah, yeah it, you know, like, I definitely think the conversation being sparked, you know, uh, is important. I think better understanding what these thoughts really are is important. Do I agree with their actions? Heck no. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't move forward. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's no point for me to linger on it until, until you know, I need to be brought brought back up or hopefully it never comes up again. Yeah, it certainly wouldn't wouldn't do any good to, to linger on it any longer. So you're good to take that perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, so twisting our look a little bit, what's your opinion of the cannabis laws today? For forgetting what just happened to you in this last week, before that, what was your opinion of of where we were with legalization? Um, in in my small town, it was interesting because you know pot was legal, but we didn't have any legal shops to buy it from. The closest place was two and a half hours away. Um, so it it's you know like it's one of those yeah it's legal but it's not really legal um kind of situations is what it's feeling like is 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 uh if if you're you're going to change laws and shift things around the way that they have it it would be important that you know the the enforcement be taught the same shift as well you know like i see a lot of this reaction to being them still being used to their ways of reacting the way they used to react to that's how I see it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and so it was kind of one of those like, oh yeah, right. <laughs> it's legal. Oops. Um, I, I mean, obviously they knew what they were looking for in the new cannabis, cannabis act, but I just can't believe that given it's a new law, instead of, you know, being like, hey, did you know that you were breaking the new law? I would have been like, no. Um, you know, like they referred to it as, well, well, would you see? And I said, well, no, because that's a very well-known law. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, like you can't con- refer that to the same thing. Like this is a brand spanking new law. So it's about informing the people about it and not just jumping to enforcement. Like had they come and knocked on my door and said, hey, did you know you're breaking a law? I've been like, thanks for letting me know. And then I would have called all my friends and been like, yo cover up your plant. <laughs> exactly. Give <laughs> it an opportunity. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like this isn't, you know, I'm, I know I'm not the only one who saw the, you know, like, yeah, it's legal, but is it and to what degree and how much access do we actually have to it? And where are the definitions, you know, clarified? Like, is it, was it going to be me in court clarifying this? Had I not brought this forward to the public for, you know, that's very possibly a way it could have gone. So I'm, you know, I'm grateful that I did speak up. Um, As many of us are. At the same time, I'm like, oh, what did I just do? (laughs) Why did it have to be me? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with it. It had to be some good at dealing, I guess, with this stuff and not letting it linger and holding resentment. We're all just doing our best and and that's that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I admire your courage for, for speaking up and, and, and not being afraid to talk about what has happened, because I think it's going to be benefit to all of us eventually. Eventually, they'll figure this crap out and, and it'll get better. Yeah, yeah. At least I hope it will. <laughs> I, that, that's my hope, too. And, and, and I truly believe we will we will get there. Um, it's just it is going to be more conversations like this and more understanding of, OK, where were they coming from? And, you know, that's the part of the story, unfortunately, that I still don't really have. Um, okay. I've, I've opened up a pretty good platform for them to 
truly explain themselves. Our local um, reporter, journalist, Aaron Aladdin, has been doing a very good job as well as trying to get to the bottom of it. But a lot of it is uh, still really weird and fuzzy and doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And so it's, you know, it's not just bringing up the conversation of what are the new laws and and how to be aware of them, but what's going on <laughs> well, and, like, and the first thing that, that jumps to my mind when I first heard the story was, okay, it, yeah, okay, it does say, you know, they, they must not be visible from a public space, but it's when they're flowering. So, so that's what I can't get in this story is how this ever got any further when, when there's no flower on your plants yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, like it, there's a lot of interesting little tidbits and questions to it. And I think, that's that's what I was originally looking for clarity on, and I, I didn't know how else to go about it. And, um, yeah, and I think now everyone else is also curious for clarity on that. Um, yeah, it's it's the central point in my mind. I mean, yeah. wh- why why was the action taken when, when the full context of the law wasn't broken? <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- yeah. Well, and, it's, and that's the thing is, like, you know, a lot of people are going, well, yeah, because they, they were trying to iron out maybe some of these details in court. Um, and, you know, like that when they released the premature bill or, or, or Cannabis Act that they didn't, you know, they, they kind of foresaw that this is a normal part of the growing pains. Um, at what point did the miscommunication happen, you know, like of enforcement versus um, education, like the, the extremes that they went to take down three plants um, is, is quite extreme. It sure is. It sure is. <laughs> a number of police cruisers, right? Like it wasn't just one. It, it was three cruisers and five police. <laughs> yeah. For, for those mean, nasty cannabis plants. <laughs> and I guess they went through like a 24-hour judicial or do what's the word judicial um, review or yeah yeah to get the warrant like it, it like it was an after hours warrant application like a lot of the a lot of the actions like now that i'm you know getting more information on it i'm just like what like i'm not this isn't my specialty but like can someone explain what's going <laughs> yeah, on yeah <laughs> yeah you don't you don't need to be a specialist in that to, to get that this is really odd no, no. And there's other weird, you know, yeah, there's just a lot of little bits and twists to the story that I'm just like, what am I like? Yeah, very confused. Very, very confused. Like, by all means, my my name in the community is not um, one to fear. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like, I very clearly have a, a pretty open door policy that you can come and talk to me. Um, so I just found the whole from start to finish, you know, like this is, I opened my heart to the community. Um, and you know, you could have just said, by the way, yeah, exactly. (laughs) As opposed to executing, I guess, yeah, they were, you know, watching me for like the week prior to the execution of the warrant to verify who lives here and that, you know, and I'm just going, yeah, knock on my door and I'll say, yes, here's my license. I do live here. <laughs> exactly. It's a lot simpler than it made out to be. The side effect that, that it also has me really concerned, Anna, is, is what, how I've seen some people react with, with right. the, you know, rushing right. out and getting rid of their plants and, and, and cleaning up their yards when, when I don't really think they need to. No, and I've seen that reaction too. A lot of anger. I think it, you know, triggered a lot of bad responses or experiences that people have had. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, you know, the reaction blew my mind. 
it was more than I was asking for, for sure. Um, but at the same time, I said, this is a great opportunity for this conversation now. Um, but what I'm finding interesting is that no RCMP spokesperson wants to comment on any of it. We're not moving forward with that. So wow. the conversation doesn't continue. And all these people are, like you said, left in this like, like, I'm, is, you know, are, are my kids going to be taken away because I'm growing, you know, three pot plants in my backyard like that's not legalization in my mind <laughs> it, it sure isn't you know and then i mean personally I've, I've got four plants growing and you know they've been growing this year they're doing quite well and i won't give any more details on them because who knows what might happen in that regard but it, 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 well that's it that's, and that's silly it. that you should be concerned about that that and that's kind of why i was so baffled you know like I I had them on display. I had so many people be like, oh, this is, you know, this is neat. This is informational. I had no idea that, you know, like that to me is what the garden tour was about was I have all kinds of weird plants that I try to grow. I find it quite enjoyable. I've got chickpeas and lemongrass and eucalyptus and all kinds of things that you don't normally grow and just to see if I can. And so for me, this was like an, another neat opportunity. Had they been in full flower, I probably would have covered them out just because to me that is... I don't know, maybe out of more respect at that point, they are closer to a, a medicine that you, than a plant, um, but they weren't. So. Yeah, they weren't. So you weren't being blatant <laughs> about anything. I, I, as far, yeah, I didn't think I was. Yeah, you didn't think you were. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, uh, I'm certainly going to keep my ears on on this story as it as it develops, Anna, and uh, like to kind of keep in touch and, and see if there's any further developments that we can share with the, everybody on the Cannabis Podcast. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope to hear more about it too. I bet you do. <laughs> yeah. I bet you do. And, I'd like and it to be over, to be honest. I bet uh, you, doesn't... yeah, I no doubt about that. Can I finish up with a, a few hot seat questions to get some other Go answers for, for you? Uh, what's, what's your favorite strain? Oh, I, I actually don't know. I'm not that fancy with it. Um, I enjoy it because it calms my mind, my overthinking mind. But I, I can't say I like it to taste good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's good. That, that, that's yeah. that's a clear need. Uh, do you prefer uh, smoking joints or do you vaporize? Uh, joints, definitely. Okay. And do you have a favorite munchie that you might partake in once you are partaking? Um... No, it's kind of whatever mood I'm in, and then I make it. Okay, that sounds even better. And one final one: Do you prefer? Uh, uh, have you done any edibles, or do you stick with flour? Um, I've tried a few edibles, but I find that they're really hard to moderate how much you're consuming, and then before you know it, you can't go backwards. So um, I kind of like to stick to my, you know, couple of hoots here and there, and that's my my level of enjoyment. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing your story with me, Anna. I appreciate the time, and uh, I, I hope the rest of the year has no further surprises coming your way. <laughs> Unless they're really good surprises, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I guess one final thing. Do you have any, any advice for, for anybody you'd, you'd like to leave people thinking about after our conversation? Um, just keep living from your heart. It'll all work out. Well, thank you very much, yeah. Anna. You enjoy the rest of your You're day. Welcome. All right, thank you. Take okay, care. Take Bye-bye. care. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner. Cultivar Corner. Oh, yeah. Cultivar Corner. Please explain this stuff to me. 
I still like listening to that piece of music. And this week on Cultivar Corner, we're taking a kind of a different approach, primarily because the strain we're using this week is Great White Shark. This is from San Rafael. Its profile, total CBD is 13.25%. Total THC is 6.89%. And this is one of the last products that we picked up in from Spirit Leaf when we went up to visit the store up in Vernon. And thanks again to Sarah Ballantyne for giving me some of the details in the chirping profiles for this particular strain. Because that's where this one kind of deviates from the others and it's likely going to evolve into a discussion more of terpenes. And here's the reason why. Great White Shark is carefully cultivated two to one sativa strain that offers the benefits of both CBD and THC. It's enhanced by a unique and earthy aroma and now you see that the mighty is ready or rather you hear the mighty is ready. The strain is very sticky and resinous to the touch with light green leaves and dark, thick orange hairs. We'll get to the terpenes in just a moment. I'm just going to comment on the resinous to the touch. Yeah, to a certain extent. It's not really, really sticky. The leaves are a light green, and there definitely are some very dark, thick orange hairs through it. Oh, a couple of real beauties in that regard. But here's where it gets interesting and where we're likely going to evolve into more of an education, and that is in regards to terpenes. The terpenes that are pre prevalent in Great White Shark are myrcene, not a surprise, that is, of course, the most prevalent terpene in cannabis. And myrcene is one of the few terpenes that directly reacts or directly interacts with our CB1 and CB2 receptors, lubricating those receptors so they accept more of the cannabinoids that are coming. And then the two new ones, guaiol and bisabolo. And we're actually going to look into each of those because they're adding some different properties to our cannabis this time. But before we do that, let me just take a couple of hits and get myself established with some great white shark. And because I wanted to spend more time actually reviewing the terpene information, I'm not going to spend as much time uh, letting you hear me talk this time. Probably many of you are saying, oh, thank goodness. Finally, he stopped doing that. <laughs> It may still come back, but the effects that I have received or achieved by doing my appropriate inhalation with Great White Shark, that's what we'll talk about, and then we're going to dive into the terpenes. Appreciating that a CBD-dominant strain is not going to have the same psychoactive effects as a THC-dominant strain, so I'm not looking for my happy eyes in this instance. I'm looking for a different happy feeling, hopefully just a general sense of happiness and, and well-being and no particular pains I'm trying to deal with today in terms of the CBD that may help in that regard just kind of get a sense of uh, where this is going to give it a true opportunity for full effect as well I did two bowls through the mighty finished one then decided to move on to another and see what the effects of the combined bowl usage would be it's too bad that there's not a measurement we can use to determine how much I'm putting into a bowl in the vaporizer and how many milligrams of THC or CBD that's going to end up as a result in my body. Anybody listening? Anybody feel like inventing such a device? I'll be one of the first ones to test it for you. I am always intrigued by cannabis and its effect. Because I've done those two bowls now, well, most of the way through the second bowl, and I, maybe it's my naivete in regards to CBD strains. 
and a 7% THC ratio, I wasn't expecting to get a buzz. But I'm stoned. Like, not super stoned. And I don't have that euphoric high that I might get with a really nice sativa. But I'm happy. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, which I think puts me in a real good position to carry on with the rest of the podcast. And as usual, all of the links that I'm about to talk about, you can find back at CannabisPodcast.com. If you want to check out the information for yourself, now that I'm happy, a little stoned, and ready to rock, it's time for us to do a bit deeper of a dive into a couple of new terpenes. And the first terpene we're going to look at today in relation to Great White Shark is guayil. They can't make terpene names simple, can they? The terpene pinene gets most of the credit for giving certain cannabis strains a pungent evergreen and minty aroma. After all, pinene is one of the most prevalent terpenes found in cannabis, as well as one of the most heavily researched. However, there is a less common terpene that also brings similar pine flavors to the equation, and that is the terpene guayil. It has a host of therapeutic benefits and also shows up in a few well-known strains, albeit in small amounts on the market today. Guayol, sometimes referred to as champacol, differs from many other terpenes, which are all oil-based, because of its unique structure as a liquid. Guayol is most prominent in the hard, oily timber of the tropical guayacum plant, an evergreen variety mostly found in the Caribbean as well as other subtropical regions. Coniferous trees such as cypress pines contain wood that is also known to carry guayol. Aside from its prominent pine-like aromas, Wood and rose notes are also present in its terpene profile. Now, with a lower-than-average boiling point for terpenes, guayol needs to be vaporized at low temperatures to be fully enjoyed, at about 92 degrees Celsius or 198 degrees Fahrenheit. The medical benefits of guayol? Modern research is a little limited, though we do know that the guayacum plant, from which the compound is mainly derived, has been used extensively in natural medicine for quite some time. Guayol is commonly known as anti-inflammatory. A 2016 study shows that when used in conjunction with other essential oils, guayol can have antiparasitic properties and antioxidant properties. In mice, guayol can potentially reduce tumors and strengthen the effects of chemotherapy. Although not therapeutically beneficial, it has also been shown that similar to other terpenes such as terpinaline, guayol can also be used as an insect repellent. And that's the first of our two new terpenes identified in Great White Shark. And the second one we want to talk about is Bisabolo. This is B-I-S-A-B-O-L-O-L. And again, in the case of each of these, there is a link to this information that you can check out for yourself. The terpene Bisabolo is a fragrant chemical compound produced by the chamomile flower and other plants, such as the candia tree in Brazil. It's also produced by various cannabis strains. While it's long been widely used in the cosmetics industry, bisabolol has more recently become a subject of research for the medical benefits it displays in cannabis. Bisabolol's effects and benefits, anti-inflammatory, anti-irritant, antioxidant, antimicrobial, and analgesic. And those are the two new terpenes, at least new to the cannabis podcast, in Great White Shark with a CBD ratio of 13.25% and a THC of 6.89% that made me feel good. Also got me a little stoned. And what the heck, gave me a little bit of an education as well. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the conclusion of episode number 26. Next week, we will look for another cultivar. As always, if you have any comments or some suggestions for future episodes, please let me know at info at cannabispodcast.com. And that does it for episode 26 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the Cannabis Infused Studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.